Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Medic's Mind, the podcast. Thank you very much for coming by. I have a pretty special episode for you today because I get to read something that I have published. That's right. What I'm about to read to you has been published into a book. The book is called Brainstorm Revolution, and uh, it is a byproduct, uh, or it is a product, sorry, of uh, Winter Tickle Press, as well as uh, the contributors of Natalie Harris, uh, Courtney Taylor, and Heather Down. They uh, these three came together to uh, conceptualize this book, and uh, and now it's now it's here. I'm physically holding it in front of me. Brainstorm Revolution: True Mental Health Stories of Love personal evolution and cultural revolution. Uh, this book is incredible. Uh, there's so many different authors in here. It's an anthology of approximately 30 plus uh, different authors from around the world, uh, the United States, United Kingdom, uh, Canada, all over the place. There is uh, contributing stories in here. Uh, it's available on Amazon UK, US, and Canada. You can also uh, go to chaptersindigo.com uh, or the Chapters Indigo websites, and you can pick it up there. It's available in stores as well. If you uh, end up walking into a Chapters, go ahead and take a look for it. Brainstorm Revolution. Um, I decided that I was going to read this today because, uh, well, it's my first piece ever published, and uh, that feels pretty good. Um, but I've also been getting some really good feedback about it, and um, and that also feels pretty good. Uh, the end of the day, um, this podcast and writing is something I want to do to to help people, to reach people. You know, I uh, I can't be on the ambulance anymore. I miss being that guy, the guy that gets to help, the guy that gets to go to somebody else's bad thing and make it go away, or at least try my very best to 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 make it go away. And uh, so there's a bit of a loss of identity there for me now that I'm not working as a paramedic. It's uh it's tough. It's a really tough uh, thing to swallow sometimes, but in this journey of writing, it feels like, you know, the pages have become my new protocols and letters have become my compressions and my voice has become my ambulance and I'm healing through words. And that is not just myself, but other people reach out to me and tell me that I've impacted them and that feels incredible. Uh, so this story, um, I, I felt it uh, appropriate to read since I read from my blog, I felt it appropriate to read the very first piece that I've ever published folks. It's, uh, I'm an official, uh, published writer now, which feels incredible to say, uh, I still pinch myself from time to time to make sure it's real, but, uh, I'm going to read it for you. Uh, it's called sunburn and it's a story that, uh, that was kind of hard to write, uh, as it, uh, covers some very difficult uh, topics in my life. So um, I'm going to read it for you. I hope you take away something from it and uh, or at the very least find some some sense of listening enjoyment to it um, or maybe you can even relate to it with your own story. Either way, I'm going to read it for you now and I thank and appreciate you all for your support. In the waning days of winter, the sun begins to clasp itself to the sky above for a little longer each day reminding us of an impending summer. I hate the summer. I hate the heat. I hate the sun, and the sun hates me. I am aware that it is impossible for the sun to actually harbor ill will for me, but it certainly feels as though it does. Allow me to elaborate. I hate the sun because I have been burned by it, not in the superficial vexation of reddened skin and post-liminary flakes. Not at all. Something else entirely. I recall the first reason I hate the sun— I remember that day, or rather the sequential group of days in May. 
I remember being a young, fresh-faced soldier in the Canadian Army. I was at the garrison sitting in the back of a dust-coated military ambulance, taking inventory of expired and damaged supplies. The sun was overhead and beat down in a relentless and punitive manner. A cascading beam of light broke its way in through a petite-sized hole in the top corner of the back of the ambulance, searing a permanent scar into my memory. Dust and particles alike danced in defiance of gravity through the laser-like pillar of light. The term sweltering does not accurately depict the oven-like bake that we were sitting in. As a private and I rummaged through med bags and cabinets, discarding of expired supplies, a deep, baritone voice broke in from behind us. We spun around to meet whatever commands awaited us from our sergeant, a kind but disciplined man. Relax. Take a seat. He stood at the back of the ambulance with squinted gaze beneath the boasting sun. What followed was a painful reminder of the chosen profession that we were in. He spoke with unrehearsed empathy. A man is dead. I sat and listened intently to each of his spoken words. My ears perked with intrigue, while my eyes struggled to remain unencumbered of tears. It was not simply a man who had died. It was a fellow medic. A friend. A brother. The sun watched Corporal Michael Starker die that day, and now it peered through the back canopy of an aging ambulance and watched as a little piece of me did as well. It watched mercilessly and apathetically as I fought against every instinct to break into a wail like a wounded civilian. Take the time you need, pull yourself together, and then come inside. I'll break the news to the unit post-launch. Miss Sergeant. The sergeant walked away briskly, and I remained manacled to the bench seat in the back of the ambulance. The private tried to speak to me, but... I shrugged off his attempts. Filled with anger and grief, I barked, Shut up! The sun followed me for the next few days. It followed me home and then to the bar. It rose with me the next morning, slapping me and my hangover in the face. It tailed me to the funeral hall in Calgary, and it continued to mock from above as I stood graveside, watching as my friend was lowered into the earth. The heat from the sun permeated our pristinely pressed green uniforms. It laughed as sweat greeted tears and melted into the collars of our shirts. It just hung above as if to be perched on a throne, watching as peons grieved and mourned the loss of a man. The sun was bright, but the birds were silent. Only heat could be felt, and only the bereft clatter of rifle rounds overhead could be heard. During those gut-wrenching days in May, I hated the sun. And every year when I revisit those days in May, I hate it all over again. The sun was also bright and sinister two years prior, when my 23-year-old friend Boomer was killed by a suicide bomber. Then there was July, a bright day in July when I got the call. Henny, I'm really sorry, man. Colin's dead. I'm really sorry. Another friend, another medic, another loss, another sunny day. And the sun continued to shine in November. The November when my phone woke me while I was burdened by my everyday adversarial hangover coming to life with a ring that was shot from a cannon. I clasped the phone within my hand and pressed it against my cheek. I managed a cordial hello. I lay motionless and listened to the voice on the other end of the line, the voice of my brother, stammering and piercing through the perforated holes of my speaker. His grief-stricken words were utterances that I'll never forget. Matt. Mom's dead. On an irritatingly sunny day, at the start of November, my mother died by way of suicide. This heart-shattering day was a disgustingly beautiful one outside. The sun loomed high throughout the vastness of space and beamed down brightly with a limitless roar, a direct contrast to how I was feeling. I painfully undertook the task of reading my mother's suicide note. I did so beneath the casting light of a burning sun. 
every word, every line, and the sun just skulked and sneered overhead. The sun accompanies most people while on vacation. For me, however, all the sun brings to me is heartache and pain with overwhelming loss. Sun. One, two, three, four. Matt. Zero. Today, the sun rises and so do I. I go outside and notice something new, foreign but almost comforting. Warmth. In fact, the sun and I feel amicable. I guess throughout the help of therapy and introspective objectivity, I have come to realize that the sun is neither sinister nor compassionate. The sun is merely the sun. It is what it is. It does not judge nor antagonize. It simply just exists. If I can accept something that I used to detest and loathe, perhaps I can do the same with the demons of post-traumatic stress disorder. Maybe I can forgive myself and let go of the things that I have seen and done when working as a paramedic. In time, I will learn to forgive myself for being unable to save my own mother. The sun brings light to new days, and that's what I'm learning to focus on. New days. Brighter days. Seeking light instead of living in the dark. I wake up each day even though I don't want to. I get out of bed in spite of my wounded mind telling me not to, and I step out of my home and into an awaiting sun and continue to feel its warmth, even though I once felt its unmistakable burn. I am healing because I am living. Am I sick? Yes. Wounded? Yes. But I am not weak, and as sure as the sun continues to rise, so will hope.